Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Billy Crone continues his series on Satanism and the dramatic rise of devil worship, and Pastor Larry answers an important Bible question. As we get into June, make sure the books from our Resource Center are on your summertime reading list. Visit swrc.com and check out the brand new resources from Michael Hoggard, Micah Van Huss, and Aaron Judkins. swrc.com James Collins and Billy Crone are back to continue his expose of the last day's lies of Satanism and the rise of devil worship. Our last program was about Satanism and the rise of devil worship. Today we're going to continue discussing that topic with Pastor Billy Crone, the senior pastor of Sunrise Bible Church in Las Vegas and the founder of Get a Life Ministries. Pastor Billy has produced a tremendous DVD set which contains over 16 hours of teaching titled Satanism and the Rise of Devil Worship. He's here with me again to help us understand the biblical truth concerning the devil. Pastor Billy, welcome back to The Watchman on the Wall. Hey, thank you, Pastor Collins. It's always great to be on. Well, let's talk about the history of Satanism. You spend a lot of time in Satanism and the rise of devil worship discussing Satanic history beginning in Genesis 3, but today let's focus on the more recent history. Tell me about the Romantics. The Romantics arose right around the same time that the live evolution came about, and that wasn't by chance because here comes the lie. Who's the father of all lies? Satan. Who do you think inspired Darwin? But basically, the lie that there is no God. And it also got people to doubt the authority of the Bible. So at the point when Charles Darwin in the mid-1800s, and evolution was going on even before that, but Charles Darwin kind of really kicked it into gear. So you got this movement called evolution coming on the scene in Western civilization, and then hops upon comes over here to America. And it basically says there is no God, and this Bible thing is a joke. So right at the same time, out of that time frame, it's not by chance you get people to doubt God. They start not only, believe it or not, believing in Satan, but the Romantics were a group of, quote, elite artists and thinkers and all these things that came out and said that Satan's a good guy, and he's somebody to look up to. And in their words, he's the ultimate, quote, rebel who's come to free us from the restraints of Christianity and blah, blah, blah. At the same time evolution comes out, here comes these guys hard on their heels. It's not by chance. And I think that was Satan's last-day approach. You've got to get people to doubt the Scripture— and doubt God, and then they'll start falling for his lies. And the Romantics did that. Well, shortly after the Romantics, you had a lady come on the scene. Her name was Madame Blavatsky, right? She came up with something called Theosophy, and basically, again, promoting that Satan, Lucifer, is a good guy. Lucifer, light bearer, that he's here to bring us the real light, to bring us to freedom. Obviously, it's completely twisted, backwards of Scripture, shocker. And then after Blavatsky and Theosophy came along, she had a devotee, her name was Annie Besant, and then after that it transfers to another lady now named Alice Bailey. And we camped on Alice Bailey for a little bit in our study because there's so much going on there. And so she basically is now heading up this, quote, theosophy movement that Satan, Lucifer's the good guy. And she develops a publishing company called Lucis Trust, or Lucifer Trust, later changed to Lucis Trust. And we trace the trail, and Pastor Collins, as crazy as this sounds, they are working right now as we speak, and have been for decades, with the United Nations. Mm. And believe it or not, we trace the trail, too, on this phrase, New World Order. You know where that came from? It came from the Satanists, from the Romantics, 
from Theosophy, Alice Bailey. And the demons communicating to her, you know, of course, telling her that Satan's a good guy here to free us, they're the ones saying that if you listen to Satan and rebel Satan and follow his, quote, light, Lucifer's light, then you can develop a new world order. And part of that new world order, watch this, will involve a utopia on planet that involves ushering in a one-world government, a one-world religion, under a one-world leader. What does that sound like? That's the Antichrist kingdom, right? <laughs> it's crazy. The Bible is the only book on the planet that warned us about that. But a lot of people have heard of New World Order. They don't realize it came out of the early Satanists who linked themselves with the United Nations, and they're still working with them today. So we trace that trail. Then, speaking of hopping the pond, you have this guy named Aleister Crowley comes mm-hmm. along, right? And he comes, of course, his big mantra was, which has now become the number one law of Satanism, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. It's all about self, do whatever you want to do. And so he comes along, and even history records that this guy was the most evilest man that ever lived. Now, I don't know, only God would know that, but he certainly was a big promoter of Satanism and certainly the occult. And you think, well, so what? Who cares? Well, this guy... He became like a celebrity, and not just in Europe, but even over here in America. We traced the trail. Aleister Crowley was a huge mega-influence on the Beatles, on the Rolling Stones, on Led Zeppelin. If you look at their album covers, they not only have him on there. Ozzy Osbourne had a song, Mr. Crowley. That's who he's talking about there. David Bowie was a big follower of Aleister Crowley. Believe it or not, L. Ron Hubbard, who founded Scientology, was a devotee of Aleister Crowley. And by the way, just to dovetail, we have a whole study on Scientology as well. But the first three weeks of that study was dealing with the occult background with L. Ron Hubbard. And he partnered with a guy named Jack Parsons, who was the founder of JPL Laboratories, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, you know, the guy that made the early rockets for the government. And they were into the sex magic rituals from Aleister Crowley. It sounds crazy. And they were trying through these sex magic rituals to bring in the Antichrist through a ritual called Babylon Rising, as crazy as this all sounds. But they're getting this from Crowley. Now watch this, just as a little side note here. Aleister Crowley, right, he, uh, L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons, you know, they're in Southern California. Aleister Crowley's over in Europe in what was called the Bolskine House, which, by the way, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin bought. Shocker. They would want the next level of a cult because they were going deeper getting more and more power, supposedly, and all this stuff, right? Well, he's not giving it for free. So if they wanted the next level of a cult ritual to have more power, they had to give him money. And then they would do that ritual. He'd give it to them for money. And they'd do that. Well, they wanted to go deeper. They wanted to go higher. They wanted more power. So they'd write him back and say, we want the next one. So what they have to do? They had to give him money. Now, if anybody knows Scientology, guess what? That's the exact same principle. L. Ron Hubbard just took what he did, his relationship with Aleister Crowley, and he translated that into a money-making scheme called Scientology. Because Scientology, what do you got? Your whole goal is supposed to become clear. But in order to get clear, what do you got to do? You got to keep going through these very steps, these rituals, these Scientology rituals, to get clear. Well, one of them doesn't do it. But guess what? Each step costs you what? Money. And then if you want the next one to get more clear, then what do you got? You got to pay more money. It's the exact same thing. Took it from Aleister Crowley and created Scientology. So Aleister Crowley, he was an influence not only on the Scientology, he was an only influence on 
the music industry, huge mega influence on Hollywood, and also, believe it or not, in witchcraft, modern Wicca. A lot of them were devotees of Aleister Crowley. So he was a big promoter. Alice Bailey got into the governments around the world with Lucis Trust, still to this day operating with them. Aleister Crowley, he goes into the media and music industry and people like Elwood Hubbard and others. Now, the other one that really began to popularize it was Anton LaVey. And we have a whole study just on him and his background. And he basically is the one who's become, if you will, the face of modern Satanism. But, of course, he based out of San Francisco in what was called the infamous Black House. And he was in there doing his rituals and things of that nature. I remember coming across this interesting piece. And it said that Aleister Crowley, he, he was a brilliant musician with the organ and the calliope. So he wasn't a dummy, but he shares in there that when he was in burlesque bars and he was playing the organ for money, that's what he used to do before he started the modern Satanist movement out of San Francisco, he would share that the same guys who were going to the burlesque bars were the same ones going to the tent revivals on Sunday mornings. And it was that hypocrisy that turned him away. And can I tell you something, Pastor Collins? That's what happened to me, too. And the same guys that I was hanging out with, partying, doing all kinds of sinful, rotten, immoral behavior at drugs, all kinds of stuff, they were doing with me on the weekends. Guess where they would go on Sunday if they weren't too hungover and strung out? Church services. And I experienced that same hypocrisy. And it wasn't long after that what I do. I went the way of Satanism, the occult, the New Age, and... It was not good. So you know, your heart goes out to these people. And again, everybody's responsible for their choices. But back to the convicting part for the Christian. Christian, this is why we have to be consistent in our walk with Christ. As the Bible says, God says, be ye holy as I am holy. It's our witnesses on the line. And we need to be consistent. We need to show people that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. He is the only way, the truth, and the life. He is the best way to live. And don't just treat it like a stale, boring religion, punching your time clock and send up a storm six days a week. But after Anton LaVey, we have a whole study again just on him and how he really began to popularize it. Certainly, he further takes it even deeper than Aleister Crowley did in Hollywood. Also, of course, he's a musician, also with the musicians as well. And there was a lot of people that we recognized who were devotees of Anton LaVey. you got people like Sammy Davis Jr., was into that, and a lot of people don't realize that. Famous actors and actresses, a lot of them were influenced by this guy. But anyway, so he dies, and it doesn't go away. He had a live-in lady, Blanche Barton. She takes it, she goes to New York with Satanism. He's got a daughter called Carla, Carlo LeVay, and she stays there in San Francisco, and she continues on in that area. And then he has another daughter, Zena, which I think most people are familiar with. She goes and she starts her own version of Satanism, she combines it with tantric Buddhism, which gets kind of crazy. Then, believe it or not, it gets popularized into the military with a guy named Michael Aquino. And this guy is whew, straight up Satanism. And, and if you look at a lot of the military, you're talking to the guy here that I'll be the first one to be on the front line supporting our military and our police officers and things of that nature. But, folks, you've got to deal with reality. Satanism has crept into our military. So has witchcraft, by the way. So he starts something called the Temple of Set. Then it goes into something called the Order of Nine Angles and things of that nature. And then we kind of back up a little bit to expose, speaking of Antichrist and things of that nature, a lot of people believe that Hitler was a type of Antichrist. I would agree. He obviously wasn't, but he was a type of, if you will, a foreshadowing of the one to come. 
And a lot of people don't realize that Hitler was not only an evolutionist, Hitler was an occultist. In fact, he was into the dark arts and, dare I say, even a lot of the satanic behavior. And believe it or not, his army told you that they were occultists. They weren't just an army. They were an occult army. And Hitler, from the get-go, if people knew anything about the occult, they should have known what he was a part of. The swastika, folks, is not a German thing. He got that from the black arts Buddhists that he got a lot of this, the tantric Buddhists that he got it from. The swastika is also an occult symbol, but not only that, so is the SS. The SS is the double lightning bolt symbolizing, you know, Satan and things of that nature. So they literally, if you think about it, they wore on their uniforms the swastika and the SS. They were telling you they're basically to Hitler's elite occult group. Hitler, believe it or not, carried around with him a mandrake root, which was supposed to be giving him power and good luck charm. Uh, he did all kinds of crazy rituals. In fact, we also expose how Hitler was obviously, I believe, possessed into doing all kinds of drugs. But we got reports of his people who were around him in the last days, and he was literally a bumbling, mumbling idiot where he was literally seeing shadows and figures. They're coming after him. He knew he was going to hell. He was screaming like a little baby that they're after him. It's unfortunate. But today, where we end up on the history section, is the biggest promoters right now, they pitch themselves along with the Liberal Democrat Party, if you can believe it. But it's the Satanic Temple. And the Satanic Temple with Lucian Greaves is the ones who are getting it into the government, into the monuments, the Baphomet statues, the kids, whatever. And then we have a whole section on the beliefs of Satanism. And then when you look at what they stand for, it's everything exactly opposite of what God says. God says when you get married, it's between a man and a woman, and it's a husband and wife. Satanism says, no, it's whoever, whatever you want to be. It could be polygamy. It could be two men, two ladies, whatever you want to be. It's the exact opposite. In fact, it's a law of Satanism called the law of reversal. They take whatever God says and does the exact opposite. The Bible says you shall not commit murder, including murdering children of the woman. So Satanism, of course, what they do, it's the opposite. They promote abortion, feminism. Everything that the Bible teaches, they do the exact opposite. And it isn't just Satanists do it. This is why they've chummed up with the liberal Democrats. Because you look at the platform of the liberal Democrats, and what is it? The exact opposite of what biblical Christianity teaches, right? And they don't even realize, maybe they do, I don't know, but they're actually carte blanche following in the teachings of Satanism. Satanism, their big beliefs are self-indulgence, again, do whatever you want to do. It's the law of reversal, which again is whatever God says, you do the exact opposite of it. It's whatever you want to do, nobody has a right to tell you what to do, and things of that nature. But i got to say this with the law of reversal. Back to the music industry. Remember back in the 80s that it used to be popular for backmasking? Mm-hmm. Well, this is where it came from. It came from the Satanists. And a lot of the people that did the backmasking were people who were followers of Aleister Crowley and Satanists, because you do everything opposite. You speak backwards. You walk backwards. This is supposedly supposed to give you more power and things of that nature. Hollywood's still in on this, and I will say this. Do you think it's by chance that Oprah Wan Kenobi, Oprah Winfrey, the biggest New Age priestess on the planet, she is saying the exact opposite of what the Bible says. She says that Jesus is not the only way to heaven. Well, that's not what the Bible says. John 14, 6, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. Not only that, she named her production company, guess what? Her name is Oprah, what you call a production company. Harpo. The opposite, Harpo. 
It's the exact opposite. It's the law of reversal. That's what Satanists do. And so a lot of these Satanists are in disguise, and people don't recognize them, because they don't know anything about Satanism or what they believe. And then we have a whole other section on the symbols of Satanism, so that you could see they speak their beliefs in code. And the codes, just like witchcraft, are in symbols. But if you don't understand the symbols and what they mean, then you're blind to the reality, unfortunately, that you probably have a whole lot of Satanism around your neighborhood, in graffiti, on people's tattoos, on their clothing wear, but you don't get it. They're telling you who they are and who they follow, but you don't get it because you don't even know the symbols. And so that's why we have another study just on the symbols of Satanism as well. Pastor Billy, I appreciate that you end each of your books and DVDs with a clear gospel invitation. Would you please just take a moment and tell our listeners how they can receive Jesus Christ? Yeah, again, you're talking to somebody who was in that, and I had, quote, made a pact with the devil and gave him his life. If he would give me power and significance, of course, he's a liar. He doesn't deliver. But Jesus Christ is not a liar. He's the truth. And the Bible's very clear. God is holy. We are not. The wages of our sin is death. We deserve to die and go straight to hell for what we've done. And you say, well, I haven't been a Satanist like you, Pastor Billy, and involved in all that stuff, but that was very clear. You can't even keep the Ten Commandments, right? Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever stolen something, right? Do you only worship God? Do you worship idols? We can't even keep the Ten Commandments. So your sins may be different from my sins, but we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we deserve to die and be separated from God. But here's the good news. Satan's a liar, but Jesus tells the truth. He loves you. He's willing to save you and forgive you of everything you've ever done, no matter what you've been a part of, whether it's Satanism or just being in a secular society, thinking that you're not that bad. That's why he went to the cross. The cross was the death penalty. Jesus Christ went to the cross, died in our place. He took the death penalty in our place. And the Bible says if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, you will be saved. Call out to Jesus. I tried every religion on the sun, including Satanism, unfortunately. Nothing delivered. But all I can tell you is the moment I called out truly from my heart when I was 25 years old on my knees, I said, Jesus Christ, would you please save me and forgive me? And bang, instantly, I was not only delivered from demons and drugs and all kinds of stuff. But no matter what you've done, he's willing to save you and forgive you. He could do the same thing for you if he would just call upon the name of Jesus Christ. This is James Collins, and my guest today has been Pastor Billy Crone, producer of the DVD set Satanism and the Rise of Devil Worship. Pastor Billy, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Billy Crone exposes the last day's lies of Satanism and the rise of devil worship in his brand new DVD series, Satanism and the Rise of Devil Worship. This eight DVD set is available to order today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online, swrc.com. It's time once again to ask Pastor Larry a Bible question. If you have a question for Pastor Larry, email askpastorlarry at swrc.com. That's askpastorlarry at swrc.com. Pastor Larry, did Jesus really mean that we are to practice self-mutilation in dealing with personal sin? This question is raised because of a statement that Jesus made in Mark chapter 9. In verse 43 and following, Jesus says, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. 
Now, of course, avoiding fire that never shall be quenched, it would seem, is pretty important. It seems logical that it is better to be maimed and living minus a hand than to spend eternity in hell. Now, in case you think Jesus was kidding, he continues in the same vein. Reading from Mark 9, 45, And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. You know, friends, in the history of the church, there have been a few individuals, some medieval ascetics, who actually mutilated themselves because they were, you might say, unsuccessful in dealing with smutty thoughts and wandering eyes. It was a problem. Unless you think I am recommending bodily mutilation, I'm not. And for several reasons, let me give you the reasons. First of all, there is no one in Scripture who took these words literally. You can read through the Old Testament and the New Testament, and you will never find a letter to a church or an apostolic exhortation recommending self-mutilation. You won't find it. Paul knew the teachings of Jesus. Peter knew the teachings of Jesus. John knew the teachings of Jesus, and they all encouraged holy living. But they never, never practice self-mutilation, and they never mandated it in their preaching and in their teaching ministries. That's a pretty important point that we need to remember. Moreover, Jesus never addressed any individual and told him or her to practice self-mutilation. Jesus addressed a lot of issues. He was a great teacher. He spoke against weak faith and against hypocrisy. He gave instructions regarding prayer and the paying of taxes, but he never recommended bodily mutilation. Secondly, we need to realize that bodily mutilation will not help us become holy and deal with sin. The reason, sin is a heart issue. In Matthew 5, 28, Jesus said, But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. That's where the problem is. Now, that might seem to be a good reason to pluck out your eye, but even a blind man can have adulterous thoughts. Hearing a woman's voice, smelling perfume, or hearing an off-color joke can produce a lustful reaction in a blind man. So if that is true, we have to pluck out our eyes, cut off our noses, and wear earplugs. In 1 John 3.15, we read, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life. Hating someone doesn't require a gun or a knife and it doesn't require any kind of violent act. Hatred is an internal disposition of the will. So once again, we need to remember that sin is a matter of the heart. That's why Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. In Mark chapter 7, verses 14 and 15, Jesus said, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. There is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. 
In verses 18 and following, Jesus points out that what a person eats does not defile a person. It does not go into the heart. Rather, it goes into the stomach and then later into the sewer. In verse 21 and following, Jesus explains what he means. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. When Jesus talks about cutting off a hand or a foot or plucking out of an eye, he is using hyperbole. That's a deliberate exaggeration to make his point. This is non-literal language. In Mark 11, Jesus said, If you have faith, you can say to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and do not doubt, it will happen. Now, mountains are often symbols of problems and challenges. No one in the Bible ever told a mountain to be lifted up and thrown into the sea. But we are indeed to have faith in God when we are facing problems and challenges. You know, some Christians think that they have to take everything in the Bible literally. Well, go ahead. If you want to cut off your hand and your foot, you are making a big mistake. There are things in the Bible that are not literal. How do we know? Well, just compare Scripture with Scripture. That's what we've been doing. The Bible is its best interpreter. Remember that. Do the same thing that we have done. Has anyone in the Bible taken a particular statement literally? Does it fit the context of a passage? Will the statement, if taken literally, really solve the problem? Even in modern speech, we use non-literal language. For example, you might have heard a newscaster announce, quote, the White House said Americans need to get ready for higher fuel prices. Now, of course, the White House, a building, doesn't speak. It's the president and his administration who is speaking. You may have a favorite comedian, for example, whenever you hear that person, you say, so-and-so so tickled me to death. Well, <laughs> there was really no tickling involved, and no one died. But that comedian sure is funny. Sometimes we have really heavy rains in Oklahoma. Some people call them gully washers or frog stranglers. Now, of course, no gullies are washed and no frogs are strangled as far as I know, but it sure did rain hard. Maybe it rained cats and dogs. Now, of course, that also is non-literal speech. Billy Crone exposes the last-day lies of Satanism and the rise of devil worship in his brand-new 8-DVD set entitled Satanism and the Rise of Devil Worship. It's available for you to order today. Order this important set when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. Tomorrow, we explore Satan's 10 most believable lies. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. 
Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.